on the promises of God. Um, we're looking at the farewell discourse, Jesus' last words to his disciples before the crucifixion, before his death and resurrection. And Jesus meets with his disciples and says to him, here's who I am, here's everything that I taught you, and here are the things that I want you to remember, the things to hold on to that can lead you from here. Uh, so this series is not called Promises, it's called Promises to Remember, so might need to put your, I don't know what colour bono hat is about remembering, I'm not sure that there is one, but um, who remembers the promise from last week? You can do it. I believe in you. So, um, we want to give you the chance to uh, share your wisdom. Well, I have plenty of opportunity to share my wisdom. I'm just giving you a chance to share yours a little bit. So, Jesus made a promise to his disciples in Sarah. Yep, yep. So. Um, the promise, the way I talked about it last week was that God will give you everything you need, need to do everything he has called you to. So um, Jesus taught his disciples, he said, if you ask, God will give you the Holy Spirit so that you can do the job that I'm committing you to. You will be my representatives, you will be my disciples, you will do the things that I have been doing. I will empower you and I will be with you. He's, he kind of uh, was challenging the disciples to bring their dreams, bring their worries, bring their needs to God and know that his spirit will be living and active. Wouldn't, he didn't promise that it would be easy. He didn't promise that he'd take away challenges, but he did say, Whatever you're facing, I will be with you in it and I will help you to be faithful in it and you will go and do great things. So, we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to unhealthily try and take control of situations. I, I think for me, probably, um, as a Western middle-class male... Control is probably one of the things that is an idol for me. I like the idea that my life's in control, that I'm in control of circumstances. I think possibly all of us, to some extent, are tinged with that same brush. And Jesus says, you don't need to be in control of everything. Know that no matter what is going on, I'll be with you and I'll be working through you and you can trust that. So... When things like war happen over the other side of the world, part of my response to that is to say, I don't need to be in control of that. It's okay. It's not something that I have to uh, feel like I have a strong advocacy for or anything like that. I can hand that over to God and just focus on the things that I need to do. In all circumstances... I know that God provides me with the things I need to do the things that he has called me to and to hand over to him the things that he's not called me to take responsibility for because I'm not king of the universe. As much as uh, my, parents, uh, my, my kids think I try and be. 
I, I do think I'm king of their universe. <laughs> Until they leave my house, at least. <laughs> All right. I find that promise, God will give everything you need to do everything he's called you to, I find that an incredibly um, great promise, especially at times like these, with uncertainty, with fear. We can trust in God's provision, and I love that. Uh, Because we do live in a complex world, and maybe I'm getting old. No, sorry, I am getting old. Maybe because I'm getting old, I just feel like I've had enough (laughs) of bad news. I don't want any more. The world's complex enough. I don't need any more complexity. And uh, part of me just really feels like that. It's like, I want off this ride. Don't tell me any more news. And then there's another part of me that doesn't want to be uninformed, (laughs) wants to know what's going on in the world and how I can be a part of um, moving forward helpfully in this world. I feel a real pressure nowadays. Um, This is something that they often talk about. Back in the day, pastors just pastored people. Now I feel like I have to have an opinion and a researched, clear, um, novel, informed perspective on a whole bunch of things that uh, weren't even a question 50 years ago. Things like gender, things like public health policy, things like vaccinations. (laughs) I'm not a medical scientist, but I need to know how we respond to vaccinations, to politics, to Russia. (laughs) All these questions are being asked around us. And I feel that there's this expectation that I should have an instant, well-formed, clear, wise perspective on all of these things. And I think um, subconsciously I've kind of absorbed that lie that because I know about an issue and because we have so much access to information, that means I have no excuse for not having an amazing informed opinion on everything. Um, I don't know if you feel that peer pressure maybe to appear, at least appear like you know what's going on in the world and you're on the right side of an issue. <laughs> well, Dan, that is a great gift. So you're a uh, humbler man than I am. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but it often doesn't seem acceptable to say, I don't know, or I trust the experts, or this issue, though it is important, is not particularly relevant to me, and I don't have a strong opinion on it. (laughs) Uh, Like, I'm I'm not saying that we should be uninformed. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think we, as Christians in particular, need to be engaging with the issues around us in a way that is um, steeped in prayer, steeped in relationship with God and wisdom. He has called us to engage with the world but I feel like um, my, uh, the number of questions being asked is bigger than my world or my, uh, my time. At some point, you have to prioritise and say, these are the things that um, God is calling me to pay attention to, and these are the things 
that are happening around the other side of the world and I have no impact on whatsoever, so I can let that go a little bit. Uh, we need to choose what we're going to focus on and what we're going to let slip because you can't have a strong opinion and advocate for everything. It's just impossible. There are too many issues. You must choose and you must focus. And I actually think wisdom is about knowing what to focus on. As Jesus was giving his uh, farewell discourse, he knew he was launching his disciples into an increasingly complex world. His disciples went out and they crossed cultural barriers. They engaged with empire. They um, grappled with uh, change in identity and how people saw themselves. They um, grappled with issues of race and class, uh, justice, all of the kinds of issues that we're grappling with at the moment, the disciples of Jesus went out and grappled and changed. He knew he was sending them out into that kind of world. And because he knew he was sending them into a complex world, he spoke to them about priorities. He said, in the complexity, this is what your priority should be. He gave them an anchor, something simple. He said this, he said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such, a branch, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." That was Jesus' command to the disciples as they prepared to go out into a complex world. He said, remain in me. No branch can bear fruit on its own. It must remain in the vine. So as you go into new places, as you engage, as you transform society, as you grapple with complex issues, remain connected to me. That will be your life. And it comes with a promise. If you do that, if you remain in me, your life will bear fruit. It's amazing how the English language works. We have this concept of fruitless arguments. I don't know how much of the world at the moment is engaged in fruitless arguments. Things that don't actually achieve anything that just go round and round in circles. Jesus is saying... Remain in me and your life will bear fruit rather than being fruitless. You will bring glory to God and you will reveal that you are one of my disciples.
if you remain in me. That's a priority, remaining in Jesus. Um, See, this is a secret I'm going to let you in on. I am not particularly um, smart. I'm not particularly clever. I'm not particularly um, creative. Following Jesus is actually really simple. It is one of the most simple things in the world. Simple is not the same as easy, (laughs) okay? But it's simply a matter of listening to Jesus and then doing what he says. That is what it takes to follow Jesus. Listen to him, do what he says. It's as simple and as difficult as that. Uh, This is what Jesus said in Matthew. He says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it didn't fall because it had foundation on the rock. I am not a clever person, but if I hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice, I am like a wise man. If you want to be wise, listen to Jesus, do what he says. This is what he says in Mark. The time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, Repent and believe the good news. Some of you will know that this verse is one that I take a lot to heart. When Jesus talks about following him, um, this is what he's talking about, allowing his words to come into our heart, to repent, to let go of the things that um, we have been doing or the attitudes that we have that are leading us away from God and believe take up a confidence and a trust in God, put his words into action, believe them because it's good news and it leads to life. So the things we need to believe and the things we need to let go of are usually not political, geopolitical, big ethical life questions about AI or cryptocurrency or Usually, they're much more personal than that. When the Word of God speaks to us, usually it cuts much closer to the bone. It's about our pride or how we treat those that we don't need to treat kindly or what we prioritise in our life, what we idolise, how we love others, even if they haven't been kind to us. How we forgive, how we just be kind. These are often the things that Jesus wants us to pay attention to. Amongst all the discussions and all the complexities of life and all the things that we could think about and be smart about, these are the things that actually bring life change. Learning from Jesus how to humbly walk with him how to love God and how to love our neighbour. They are the things that actually matter and that we should be paying our attention to. And thanks, Dan, for being humble (laughs) and (laughs) setting us an example of that, (laughs) saying, I don't know, just getting on with life. (laughs) It's good. Sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you. That was... uh... (laughs) Yeah, I should know you better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mate.
So if we do these things, if we listen to Jesus, if we humbly come to him, if we love God, love our enemies, it comes with the promise. This is a promise. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. If you love me, keep my commands. I don't know if you're picking up the theme there. There's um, an incredible promise in this. If we um, remain in Jesus, we can ask the Father. We have the same access to the Father that Jesus had. We can ask him and know that he will respond and do what we ask. At the same time, there's a huge responsibility. Um, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, if you listen to my voice and keep my commands, keeping, just got to be careful, the Baptist in me wants to make this very clear, keeping doesn't mean being perfect at following the commands of Jesus. It means holding on to the commands of Jesus and making them the foundation for your life. Being the thing that you prioritize, the thing that you listen to. We all fall short, but Jesus is saying, hold on to that. Have that as your anchor. If you do that, you have this relationship with me. You will remain in my love. My fruit, my life will come to you. That's the promise. Um, comes with another promise as well. Um, Jesus says, if you remain in me, you'll bear fruit and I will prune you. (laughs) I'm not much of a gardener. Uh, I can prune grapevines because the way that you prune grapevines is you basically take everything off (laughs) most of the time Uh, and then they come back healthier and stronger. Uh, Bex the gardener in our family This is um, what Jesus tells about the process of pruning. So I'll I'll cede to Beck, Beck's advice on gardening and also Jesus. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God cares about fruitfulness. He wants to see his uh, power, his goodness, his presence fill the earth as water covers the seas. He wants to see our lives full of good fruit, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. God cares about bringing fruit. And because he cares, he prunes. See, a vine left to itself will grow in all directions. That's actually a grapevine there. Um, It will put out a lot of shoots and it will um, go crazy and tie itself up into knots. 
it will put out a lot of leaves and a lot of branches, but none of them will be strong enough to bear much fruit. In fact, um, it'll look really green, it'll have branches everywhere, but there won't be many grapes. And those that it does bear will be small and they'll be sour because it hasn't put much energy into those grapes and it can't hold much grapes. Left to its own devices, the vine will strangle itself. The outer, outer leaves will block the light coming into the inner branches and it won't be effective. So, so when someone prunes a vine, part of what they're doing is developing strength in the vine. They're developing branches that can actually bear fruit. So um, I think I've told you this, but um, when uh, grapevines are planted, for the first three years, they cut off the grapes every time it bears grapes. They don't let any of the grapes grow because they want all the energy to be going into making strong branches that for after those three years can actually bear fruit. I don't know if you think about your life as a grapevine, but it's pretty frustrating to have the grapes <laughs> cut off every three years. I'm ready, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to produce grapes. No, you're not, bang. It's like, oh, not yet. Wait, be patient. I'm preparing you to bear lots of fruit, not just some little sour grapes. Part of the process of pruning is cutting off the branches that are going inwards. It's about opening up the vine and allowing light to come in and get to all the branches and all the leaves. It's about choosing what are the healthy branches that are going to bear fruit and what are the superfluous branches that just need to be taken away so that the good fruit can be the focus. So that the vine has the energy and the capacity and the strength to bear healthy fruit. Jesus said to the disciples, this is what I've done for you. Um, It's not up on the screen, but that's okay. Uh, He said, you're clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. That's not clean in the um, COVID uh, sanitizing sense of the word. It's clean in the sense of you are prepared, you um, are a vine in which the branches have been pruned and been prepared. Um, I'm a bit of a nerd, I write um, computer code. Clean code is code that's had all the bugs and everything taken out of it and is ready to do the job. So Jesus says to the disciples, you are clean. He wasn't talking about computer code, but he was using the word in that sense. Because of the word that I've spoken to you, You've heard my words, you've put them into practice, you've journeyed with me, you've learnt from me how to do this thing, what's important, what's not. You've been pruned and trained so that you can bear lots of fruit. And then he says, remain in me. Stay connected to me so that you can actually bear fruit. Keep growing and as you do, my father will prune you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop just because you've... Uh, thanks. <laughs> Just because uh, you're bearing fruit doesn't mean that God will stop speaking into your life. God will continue 
to grow and develop you. There will be things that you need to address as you grow bigger, as you uh, go into different circumstances. God will continue to speak to you and train you so that you can be even more fruitful. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So here's the promise for this week. If you remain in Jesus, you will bear fruit. It's as simple and straightforward as that. That is like the secret to life. If you remain in Jesus, you will bear fruit. If you remain in Jesus, if you listen to his word, if you do what he says, then you will bear fruit also comes with a warning. If you don't remain in him, you will wither. If you remain in Jesus, if you remain anchored in him, you will grow. If you disconnect yourself from Jesus, you will wither and you will not have his eternal life and you will not bear that fruit that he wants to bear in you. So, I have one more Sunday left here at Glen Osmond. Next Sunday is my last Sunday, and um, yeah, it's, uh, I know some of you are celebrating, but for, for us, <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard thing to go. It's a hard thing to kind of leave this church that I've led for 10 years, or been part of leading. I got, hopefully, it's been Jesus who's been leading his church and as a leadership team, we've been responding to him. But as a pastor, I've been at the forefront of that and my commission to you as I go is that you are coming up to a time where there is potential for pruning. You're coming up to a time where there'll be challenges where there'll be temptations to go back to control and to sort things out and get things under control rather than come to God and bring them to God. To put it bluntly, you're going to face a choice. Will we be shaped by Jesus or will we be shaped by something else? Because pruning is hard. No one likes to be pruned. <laughs> it's easy to just shy away from it and say, actually, let's just avoid that hard decision that God wants to make. Let's avoid that bold decision that God wants to make. Let's stay safe. Here's my encouragement. It's actually a plea. Please let Jesus prune you. Listen to his words and put them into practice. Let go of the things that you need to let go of. Step up in the things that he is calling you to. 
even if you're not sure how you're going to do it, trust that he will provide and his spirit will be with you, that he will give you the things you need to do the things he has called you to. So be bold in listening to Jesus. And his promise is, I will work through you and you will be fruitful. It's, that's the aim, to bear fruit. But it rem- comes by being connected with Jesus. We can have all the best programs in the world. That, that vine that has all the leaves and everything like that, there are some churches that are like that, that have so much going on and so many leaves and are just producing sour little grapes. And there are some churches that don't look like much from the outside, but inside they're producing people who love Jesus, who follow him and who are responsive to his spirit. And amazingly, day after day, week after week, just through little things that don't get seen on the surface, God's spirit is transforming and going to work and they are abundantly fruitful. Healthy things grow. Growing things change. Change is hard, but is directed by God and it bears fruit. So I'd encourage you as a, as a church, as individuals, to ask the question, what does God most want to deal with in me? Um, if you don't know what to do, say, how can I be healthy? <laughs> how can I have a healthy relationship with God? with my neighbours, with my church? What are the things that are going to lead to a healthy relationship there and just do those things? Because a vine doesn't need to force out fruit. It just needs to stay connected to its source and stay healthy, and then it will produce fruit. It's as natural as anything in the world. So uh, in a world... I can hear our kids. I'm going to finish up now. So in a world where there are... So many opinions and so much advice where everyone has an opinion on everything and we feel the pressure to do the same. Remember that most of it is insignificant. What truly matters is knowing Jesus and responding to him. So I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray that for each of you as individuals, but particularly for us as a church, and I can say us as a church for the next seven days, that we would be a people who, above everything else, remain in Jesus. That we would be bold in that. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to share in communion. And uh, so um, let's pray together, and then we'll move into this time of communion. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we recognise that right this second you are our King and our Lord, that you are living and active, that there are things right now that you are saying to us, that over the next little while there will be things that you will be saying, things that we need to let go of and things that we need to take hold of and be bold in stepping up into Lord, we pray that we can have the wisdom and the discernment to hear your voice. 
to hear it clearly. Lord, we want to recognize and confess that often the issue is not knowing what to do. Often the issue is that we are slow to do it. So Lord, we pray that you would create in us an eager heart that we would hear your voice and respond swiftly. We pray that we could move with confidence and courage that when we listen to you, your health and your life comes. We pray that we can be um, eager and swift to put the things into practice that you are calling us to. That we can build on the foundation that is the only foundation that holds that we can be wise, that we can have a life and a church that will hold in the storms and that will be fruitful uh, in the things that actually matter. Lord, it's to your glory that you bear much fruit and I pray that you would bear much fruit in this place. Not the spectacular things, not the things that look good on Instagram. I pray that you would bear the kind of fruit that changes lives that raises people up, that leads to life and glory to you. Lord, we pray particularly for the kids that are part of this community. We pray that they could grow up knowing that you are their father, that you have called them, and that they would live lives that bear good fruit in this world. We thank you that this is your good purpose and your good pleasure, and you are faithful to it, and that as we ask even now, we can have confidence that you'll provide. So we commit ourselves and this church to you in Jesus' name. Amen.